0: But good morning, it's great, great to see you here today, this beautiful, rainy, very rainy morning. <laughs> uh, uh, my name's Andy, I'm honored to be the senior pastor here at Troy United Methodist Church. Listen to that, that is good. Dinner Church, uh, special welcome. I think all this rain will pass by the time that you're having dinner and uh, enjoying uh, this, uh, this message and, and your time together tonight. Uh, but uh, I, I was doing some real deep thinking leading into this uh, sermon series this week, um, and, and I realized that there, there are just some life questions that are plain difficult to answer. You know what I mean? Have you thought about this? Uh, like For instance, why do we say the alarm clock is going off when really it's turning on? You ever thought about that? Or this one. This one confounds me. Why do we say that, that, that we're, we're driving on parkways and yet we park in driveways? That one, that one blows my mind. Who, who came up with this language? Or, or this, this, this one. Some of you can really connect with this. Why in the world is it that we say that, that uh, you know, I slept like a baby last night? When we know the truth, the babies, they're like waking up screaming every two or three hours. How many of you slept really like a baby last night? Anybody? You made it. Good. Praise God. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you're here despite the rain, despite the lack of sleep you got. But, uh, but here's another difficult question to answer. It's even difficult for Bible scholars to answer. I had one person already asked me this morning uh, to answer this question. I said, you just wait. Uh, how in the world do you pronounce the name of the sermon series uh, that we're in right now? Uh, enjoy this video.
1: pronounce this? Habakkuk. Are you sure that's right?
0: Well, it could be Bakakuk. But I'm
1: pretty sure it's Habakkuk. Chewbacca like Star Wars? Um. How do you pronounce that? Habakkuk? You didn't even look at it. Habakkuk? How do you pronounce that? Habakkuk? Perfect. Oh, am I saying it wrong, Dan? Okay. Habakkuk. How do you pronounce this? Habakkuk. Are you sure that's right? No. Oh, you're no help either. Do you want me to read that? I want yeah, <laughs> see if you can do you know how to pronounce it. Habakkuk? I need your help. I will help you. Nobody's helping me. How do you pronounce that? Habakkuk. How? Habakkuk. Are you sure that's right? That's the way I've already heard it. Okay. Have you ever Googled, uh, like, uh, hang on. Just, just pronounced both ways. Habakkuk? Ha- Habakkuk or Habakkuk? Hab- Habakkuk sounds prettier. Hi, Carl. Hey. Do you know how to pronounce this? Habakkuk. Are you sure that's right? Habakkuk? Are you sure uh, that's right? Actually, it's Hebrew, so it'd be How do you pronounce this word?
0: I'm a about cook? Are you sure? I'm sure. I don't know if sure, sure,
1: sure, but I'm sure. Uh, how about a <laughs> 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 Seriously. Should I say it the right way? All right. How about a Perfect. <laughs> I need help. Who wants to help me? How do you pronounce this word? Any idea? I don't know. No idea at all? No. I don't know. I can't read it. Can you tell me how to pronounce this word?
0: this word, I, I heard one pastor say it's kind of like the sound a cat makes when it's coughing up a hairball, if you can imagine that. Uh, but, but really, how do you pronounce this word? Uh, you, you heard in the video uh, the, the two primary options, so we're just going to take a, a quick poll here uh, of, uh, of all of you gathered here. What, what um, uh, if, if you would say a, a Habakkuk, uh, go ahead, raise your hand. Are you a Habakkuk? All right. Uh, All right, B is Habakkuk. Are you uh, Habakkuk? Oh, some of you didn't vote. Okay, let's do this again. A, Habakkuk. B, Habakkuk. Okay, all right. Are you ready for the answer? All right, here you go. (laughs) Either. Uh, either, either one works. Uh, you're, you're all right. It can be pronounced either way. Uh, some people get pretty passionate about their pronunciation, so you just have to live with it. Uh, but, but biblical scholars are, are split on the issue. Uh, for my part, I say be uh, Habakkuk. So if you don't like that, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, that's, that's the way I say it. Now, the reason this, this matters is uh, uh, Habakkuk is a person. This is a name. Uh, not, uh, Habakkuk is a man, uh, not just a, any man, but a prophet who wrote the book of the Bible that we're going to be taking a look at today and the next couple of weeks. And Habakkuk uh, wanted to know another, uh, an answer to another burning question that that I think we all have that is very difficult to answer, more difficult than pronouncing his name. Uh, and that is wh- why is it that God doesn't seem fair. Maybe you've asked this difficult question before. I know I have. Um, and let's, let's read how Habakkuk wrote, what he wrote to open uh, this chapter. That is um, a book of our Old Testament Bible. Verse two, see if this connects with you. How long, O Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Violence is everywhere, I cry, but you do not come to save. Must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all this misery? Wherever I look, I see destruction and violence. I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. The law has become paralyzed and there's no justice in the courts. The wicked far outnumber the righteous so that justice has become perverted. In other words, God, where are you? This life is full of injustice. It's not fair. You know, what's amazing is, even if you fast forward over 2,500 years, people are still asking the same questions. These truly must be difficult questions to answer. Uh, but we ask these questions all the time, don't we? I mean, God, God, why is it that evil people seem to prosper, but bad things are happening to good people? God, why is it that, that this guy who smoked every day of his life for 70 years lived to the age of 98, and, and my mom dies of cancer when she didn't smoke at all? God, how come I obey your word when it comes to being a good steward financially and yet I'm struggling. I am struggling to make ends meet. I don't see the blessing. And then there are those who couldn't, wouldn't give you the time of day and yet they are prospering. They're living it up. What's up with that, God? God, how come when others pray, things seem to happen, but when I pray, it's like Nothing. How come I follow you and live for you as best I know how, and yet I just struggle with these chronic problems, pain, depression? How come you don't save me, Lord? God, I've been living a pure life for so long, waiting for that special someone to come my way, but it's not happening, God. And and I see plenty of people out there who are doing it the wrong way, yet they seem to be happy. It's so unfair. Why don't you come through for me? We, like Habakkuk over 2,500 years earlier, we asked very similar questions God, where are you in this mess? And the world that Habakkuk was living in was was pretty messy. You know, we we don't know much about Habakkuk, but we do know that he lived uh, sometime in about 600 BC. Uh, He was a musician. And he was a prophet of God. Now, a prophet is someone uh, not, not so much that predicts the future. I know that's kind of the connotation a lot of us have when we hear about prophets. Not, not predicting the future uh, as much as uh, a, a prophet is someone who is a mouthpiece for God. Someone who speaks to God's people or the world the things that God wants them to know or to remember. And the people, they needed prophets because they were becoming more and more corrupt, violent, self-serving, unjust, and and downright ungodly. Really a lot like the world we live in today. But we find in this first chapter of Habakkuk that that God has had enough of his people's rebellion and that, that truthfully had gone on for centuries leading up to this point. And God tells Habakkuk that he is going to punish his people. That the nation of Israel is going to be destroyed. And if that's not bad enough, get this. God God says that he's going to use an even more wicked and godless people to be the conquerors. God's going to use the Babylonians, a particularly evil bunch, uh, to exact judgment on his own people's sin and unrighteousness. And, and you know what Habakkuk's response was to that? Yep, uh, pre- pretty much like you would expect. Huh? No way, God. That, what can you be thinking? That is not even remotely fair. And in this short book, Habakkuk is wrestling with God. In, in fact, the name Habakkuk, uh, actually means to wrestle um, or, or to embrace. And over the next three weeks, we're going to basically be at a wrestling match. We're going to be uh, a ringside as we watch Habakkuk wrestle with God over the same things that you and I may find ourselves wrestling with God about too. Now, I want you to, I just want to give you a little bit of warning about uh, this uh, message series, these next uh, few weeks. Uh, this isn't going to be a Mayberry message series. Um, this is what I mean by that. Mayberry, especially for you younger folks, it's the Andy Griffith show. Uh, uh, Mayberry was the town that they lived in, and uh, the Andy Griffith show. It was, it was there always was this happiness at the beginning, uh, you know, some just uh, lightheartedness, and and then there was an introduction of a problem, um, and you know, a plot twist, some tension, uh, some some question that needed to be answered, and 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 then uh, by by the end of 30 minutes, including commercials, uh, the. The, you know, the problem was resolved and everybody was happy again and everybody's eating pie at Aunt Bee's um, and just living it up. They're having a good time. Uh, but you're not going to get that kind of message series uh, with Habakkuk, uh, n- not at all. In fact, you're going to get the opposite. Um, you're going to find uh, wrestling with a faith for difficult times, something that resembles more of real life, tension, drama, and a lot. Of unanswered questions. So let's let's jump into Habakkuk here. Today we're going to be tackling chapter one and we're going to dive into chapters two and three in each of the next few weeks. In fact, I would encourage you to prepare uh, for our time together by by reading through uh, at least the chapter for the week that we're going to be uh, discussing, uh, but also Uh, You know, you could just read the whole book. It's it's three chapters long. It doesn't take long at all. You might need to read it a few times anyway to kind of make sense of some of the poetry and what's going on. Read your your, uh, study guide notes and other things. But verse one, let's let's take a look at verses one through four again today. We're going to see the complaints that Habakkuk has against God. Uh, Verse one, this is the message that the prophet Habakkuk received in a vision. So verse two, his first complaint. How long, O oh Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? You know, when you are pleading for help and it appears that the person that you're talking to isn't even listening, well, what, do you, what do you say to them? What do, you, what do you say about them? Essentially, I've heard this before. Uh, you say, you don't really even care, do you? You're not even listening. Habakkuk is saying basically to God, hey, God, you really don't seem to care. If you cared, you would listen to my call for help, but you don't. That's Habakkuk's first complaint. And you can follow along in your, your message notes, too. Um, here's, here's the second, the second half of verse two Violence is everywhere. I cry but you do not come to save. Here, uh, Habakkuk is acknowledging that God is mighty enough to save, to save him, to save his people, um, and yet he doesn't. In in other words, Habakkuk is saying, God, you don't do what you could. You, You could save us, but you don't. That's Habakkuk's second complaint. Here's here's the third. Verses three and four. Must I forever see these evil deeds? Why must I watch all this misery? Wherever I look, I see destruction and violence. I'm surrounded by people who love to argue and fight. The law has become paralyzed and there is no justice in the courts. The the wicked far outnumber the righteous so that justice has become perverted. Perverted. You know, this is pretty straightforward. Habakkuk is saying, "God, you, you're not being fair. You're not being fair. Look, look at, look at all this injustice. Look, look at all of the wrongdoing. You're not acting fairly, Lord. It, those, those are Habakkuk's complaints. Complaints that, if we're honest, most of us can say that we've had with God from time to time. Uh, but, but hold on a second. Is is that even legal? Like, isn't like a spiritual penalty flag thrown whenever we have complaints and we start complaining to God? Is that allowed? Don't you get kicked out of church for stuff like that? Maybe not dinner church, but, but you know, uh, don't you get kicked out of church for that? But, but for real, is it even appropriate to say, God, I don't get what you're doing here. I, I don't like this. I certainly don't understand it. What gives, God? Is it, Are we allowed to do that? And I'd like to suggest, I, I think we are. I think we are allowed to do that. We're, we're allowed to question God like Habakkuk did, like many of the writers of the Psalms did, like Job did, like many other people throughout the scriptures did. You see, there, there's great value in wrestling with God. When, when, you, when you, you are seeking a real and loving relationship with God, it is completely appropriate to wrestle, to wrestle with the things that, that the questions that you have, to ask sincere questions, to bring your doubts uh, before God's throne. In fact, this is a major part of one's spiritual journey. When you are struggling to make sense of, of God's activity with, in your life, when, when you're struggling with tough questions, take them to God. Don't, don't sit back, uh, but, but acknowledge your complaints. God can handle them. Uh, but, but hear me on this. This is an important part of, of wrestling with God, of, of wrestling with those questions. You, you've got to do it within the context of a real relationship with God. A, a real relationship uh, where, where you, you're, you're either, um, you know, uh, surrendered your heart to God and you're, you're following Jesus, or at the very least that you're, you're seeking to do so, that, that you're, you're wrestling with it. You're sincerely seeking God. If you're just gonna complain out of bitterness with no real desire to be in relationship with God, then, then you're, you're just a noisy gong. Uh, You're not doing anybody any good, Uh, certainly not yourself. Uh, But Habakkuk comes to God with these doubts and these complaints as one who is seeking God, who really sincerely loves God and wants to follow him. And yet as one who is struggling with the reality that what he believes in his heart about God is not matching up with what he sees in the world around him. And, And when this happens in your life, when you begin to struggle with, the reality that what you believe about God isn't matching up with what you see around you—that is a critical juncture in your faith journey. Uh, let me let me illustrate this uh, with with a diagram. That's why this is up here, uh, no other reason than that. Uh, it's it's a, a this is a, a pretty typical uh, diagram of somebody's faith journey. It's it's over generalized. I, I tend to think. You can see this pattern at work in in your faith journey multiple times. But but here's how it goes. There's a there's a place in your message notes to, to kind of draw this out. You, you kind of start somewhere over here, where you're far from God, where you're you're not in in real relationship with God. You're you're uh, just kind of living your life, and yet. Uh, yet God is reaching out to you. Uh, maybe there are some circumstances in life. You're, you're feeling God begin to, to work in your life. You're feeling, uh, uh, you know, maybe the activity of the Holy Spirit wooing you, drawing you closer to God. Uh, you, maybe, maybe you uh, start uh, seeking out answers to your questions. Uh, you, you get connected to a church. Uh, at some point, you, you surrender your life to Christ. You find that you're forgiven and and set free and and wonderful things begin to to happen in your life. You you pray and it's like you you see results from it. It, You're you're, you're different, you feel different. Your your friends begin to think you're a little weird. Uh, You're you're all about God this and God that. You're you're trusting God. You trusted God with some really important areas of your life and you've seen fruit from it. God has shown up for you. You're, you're like a sponge. You, you show up to church. You listen to the radio. Everything is like a message from God directly to you, and you're putting it into, uh, applying it to your life, and, and real things are, are happening. You're, you're like on a spiritual high. Uh, for some of the folks who uh, experienced baptism Sunday last week, uh, that's like a spiritual high. Uh, that's a high if you, you know, if there ever is a spiritual high, that's a high. And so, so you're kind of on cloud nine with God, but then the high starts to fade. Um, it might be days later, weeks later, months later, uh, years, maybe even decades later, difficult things, uh, start to happen in your life. You start to question God. You start to, to doubt if God is really there. Uh, there, there are challenges that you're having, and you're 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 not sure if you really want to trust God with particular areas of your life because you're wondering if God's really going to come through. Um, you, you see stuff around you in this world, and it doesn't seem to add up. And, and eventually, you get to a, a, a place in this journey of of doubts and questions and struggle, and and you can maybe call this a, a crisis of faith. Um, and and people. Uh, tend to experience at least one in their lifetime, if not multiple crises of faith. But at this point, you've got some choices to make. Uh, and there are, I, I, I see typical responses um, in a variety of ways. One, one, one way uh, I see people respond is uh, to kind of sweep those difficult questions under the rug. It's kind of like spiritual denial. Um, and you know, you know when you've um, interacted with some of these folks, because you're wrestling with difficult questions, and you ask them about it, and they just give you a pat answer, a Mayberry answer. I say, "Oh, God is good all the time. Don't you worry about that." And they're smiling all the time, and and you wonder, "Gosh, is this just a surface level faith, or is there some real substance there?" And and a, and a lot of times uh, when when someone faces difficult circumstances like that, they just rather not deal with them. So they sweep them under the rug, but they know they, they, they're supposed to be good, godly people, and so they'll just put a smile on, and, and they kind of go back to a false, a false high in their lives. Um, and some of us have done that when we've hit a crisis of faith. Uh, others have uh, maybe been a little more honest, and gotten angry with God, and said, God, if this is the way that you're going to be, if this is the way life is going to be, this is not what I signed up for. And so, uh, whether outwardly, or um, at at the very least, practically, in their heart, they they have gone back, they go back to living life as if God doesn't exist. Now, hear me on this. This doesn't there are an awful lot of people who have made this choice, and yet are still in the church. In some cases, sometimes still leaders, still active in church life. Uh, you, you can you, you can still be active in the church, and yet in your heart have said, "God, I'm not going there with you anymore. You have let me down one too many times, and and I, I I've, I'm just going to live my life practically as if you don't exist." If you if you remember. Uh, a couple years ago, we did a message series on uh, uh, the Christian atheist. It's someone who says they believe in God, but lives their life practically as if God doesn't exist. That's, that's this person. Um, and, and maybe it's because they've hit a crisis of faith and gotten angry at God and said, I'm not going there with you anymore, Lord. And that's, that's a very common response. Uh, some of you today uh, or, or listening online, uh, you might be in that space. But there's another option too, and this is the option that I would encourage you to to consider. Uh, This is the option where you can take the more difficult road, but one that is far more rewarding. You can say, God, I don't understand. I don't like the answers that I'm getting or the the non-answers that I'm hearing but I'm gonna trust you anyway. And I'm gonna keep following you, and keep trusting in you, and keep being obedient to your word in my life, even though, even though it's a struggle, even though I don't see what it is that you're doing. I don't like this, but I'm going to trust you. And friends, a lot of times when you choose to trust God, that's why I drew the diagram this way, a lot of times when you choose to trust God, it gets, it gets uh, worse before it gets better. I don't know how long. It it could go on for years. It could go on the rest of this earthly life, the struggle, the pain. Um, But I promise you, um, if you continue to stick with God, no matter what happens around you, I can assure you that if you trust him at some point, hopefully in this life, but at the very least in the next, he's going to take your faith, and grow you in a way and take you to a place of of intimacy and and new reality in your relationship with God that would not be possible if you never walked this difficult road with him. Um, You see, God may lovingly allow you to go through seasons of doubts and questions and struggles and fear and insecurity and unanswered questions because at the end of the tunnel is a deeper, more intimate relationship with God where your faith is real and not just a facade. Now, I, I know that this might be a scratching where many of you itch right now. I know there are, are several of you here today or listening online or or folks at, at Dinner Church who uh, are are at or very close to this critical juncture. And you've... Got some real choices to make about how you respond. Um, some of you, uh, it's it's health related. It, you wonder how this is happening to you or to your child or to your loved one. Why won't God answer your prayers? For some of you, it's it's financial. You can't seem to get a good-paying job. You're struggling to make ends meet, and you're wondering where, uh, how in the world you're going to make it through next week or next semester. God, are you going to provide? For some of you, it's a a relational crisis of faith. No matter what you do, you you can't seem to get your spouse to change and your marriage is on the rocks. Uh, Others of you are single, but not by choice. And you're wondering if God will ever provide for you. It's really putting a wedge between you and God still others of you, it's, it's kind of an intellectual crisis of faith. You're wrestling with the, the authority of the Bible. Can I really trust God, your word? Or, or uh, possibly, you know, is, did Jesus really rise from the grave? I, I don't know if I can trust that. You know, maybe it's an intellectual question that you are struggling with, you are wanting God to get rid of all of your doubts and answer all of your questions. Or, or maybe, maybe for you in your own heart, and your own life, you're just fine. But then you start to look at the world around you and you see all of the the distress and the injustice and you question and doubt God. And if you're honest with yourself, maybe you're giving up hope. And here you are at this critical juncture wondering what to do. Do, do Do I deny my questions and my struggles and my faith and just kind of put on a smiley face and do what's expected of me? Do do I reject God and go back to living life as if God didn't exist? Or do I cling to God despite my doubts, despite my fears, and trust in him and and follow him obediently, even when I don't feel it? Friends, this this juncture is an important part of your faith journey, and this is where Habakkuk was. Uh, And those are the questions that he brought uh, before God and, And guess what? He didn't get the answers that he wanted. He didn't get the answers that he was looking for. In verses 5 through 11, God responds, uh, saying that he's going to do something that Habakkuk isn't going to be able to believe, and Habakkuk couldn't believe it. God said, I'm going to send the Babylonians as an instrument of judgment upon upon my people. Just... Despite Babylonians, the Babylonians' evil and wicked ways, and Habakkuk didn't like that at all, you might not like the, the seeming injustice that God allows around you, the, the difficult circumstances that, that he is allowing you to, to go through. But here's the deal. Despite your questions and your doubts, despite your uncertainty about what God is or is not doing around you, you can still choose to respond like Habakkuk did. Uh, ch- check out his response to God. He, he expresses simultaneously faith in God and doubts in God. Uh, check this out, verse 12, uh, the first part of verse 12. Habakkuk says this, he says, O Lord my God, my Holy One, you who are eternal. What a statement of faith. Right, right there. My God. My Holy One. You who are eternal. Habakkuk is still clinging to faith despite his questions, but he continues to wrestle with God at the same time. Uh, right, uh, immediately afterwards uh, on through uh, verse 13. <clears throat> Surely you do not plan to wipe us out, oh Lord, our rock, you have sent these Babylonians to correct us, to punish us for our many sins, but you are pure and cannot stand the sight of evil. Will you wink at their treachery? And in back it goes on. Uh, But the point is this, when you don't know where God is, when you don't know what God is up to, when, when you would do things differently if you were God, when you sincerely question the things that you see around you and the things that are happening to you, you can still Put your hope and your faith and your trust in God. You really can. Friends, that's what Habakkuk is doing. He's choosing to live by faith despite his deep questions and his doubts. Habakkuk is at this critical juncture and he's choosing to trust God no matter where it might lead. That's what he's doing. And he's not the only one in the scriptures who has walked this path of trusting despite his questions and his doubts and his fears. Many others have too, including Jesus. I mean, Jesus, uh, if, if you're not familiar with the story, right before he was arrested, he was wrestling with God. God, would you take this cup of suffering away from me? But if you remember, Jesus chose to trust Trust in what God was doing, even though it was leading to a place of great pain and suffering for him. And he said, not my will, Lord, but yours be done. And if you recall, it led to the place of his death. It led to the cross. Where he cried out, Lord, why why have you forsaken me? But here we are in Habakkuk chapter one at this critical juncture, and we have a choice. And, and I hope that you choose to do what Habakkuk and Jesus after him did. We have the same choice that countless others have had throughout scriptures and history. What will you choose? I, I hope you're willing to do the Habakkuk. Um, not just wrestle with God, but do you remember the, the, the other meaning of the word uh, of his name? What, what was that other word? To embrace. That's right. I hope that you will embrace God. Cling to God with everything that you've got. I mean, don't let go. Embrace your your heavenly father in the midst of your doubts and your struggles and your uncertainty. And, And I promise you, he will not let you go. No matter how deep the rabbit hole goes, he will not let go of you. So embrace him with everything that you've got. Cling to him. Now, I know that you'd love for me to wrap this up nicely so we can all have some pie with Aunt B, uh, but that's not gonna happen. Um, we're only in chapter one. And there are no easy answers. In fact, it gets worse before it gets better. Uh, chapter two, we'll wrestle with some of that stuff next week. It'll be even more challenging, but eventually we will get to chapter three. And, and even though the questions that they still don't get completely answered, um, we can get to a place where, like Habakkuk, we can worship God for who he is and what he's done, no matter what chaos is, is happening around us or in this world. Um, we're only in chapter one now, though. Um, we're not yet to chapter three, so all we can do is wrestle with God and embrace him. Um, So let's pray to that end. Heavenly Father, sometimes it's really difficult to see what it is that you're doing in our lives. And we, like Habakkuk, we, we struggle with the reality that what we believe about you sometimes doesn't match up with what we're seeing around us. So, Lord, we, we pray um, that you would form us uh, over the next few weeks as you formed your servant Habakkuk. Lord, some of us are wrestling with you right now. Would you help us be honest about that? But well, we pray that you would also give us the strength and the courage to embrace you in the midst of our doubts, in the midst of our questions. Lord, help us remember that it is better to cling to you even if things get seemingly worse before they get better. We want to trust you, Lord. And we look to Jesus as our example. Lord, help us trust in you the way that Jesus did, even in the dark places. Lord, we pray it in his name. Amen. You know, before we sing this last song, I just want to make um, uh, a little bit of an invitation. It's a bit of a church announcement, but... One of the, the best ways that, that we can endure as we wrestle and cling and embrace God is in community with other people. And uh, journey groups uh, here in our church is is uh, our best way of helping to make that happen and, and provide that opportunity for you. And so out, on the, the back wall there, this is the last Sunday of kind of uh, sign-ups for journey groups. You can join a lot of groups at any time. Some of them, uh, now is the only time to really join them, but you you can join at other times, but this is the perfect time too because uh, all the groups are kind of kicking off uh, uh, here in the fall, uh, brand new studies, and it, it's a perfect time to connect if you haven't before. Uh, but those groups of other people are a great way to be sustained in the midst of crises of faith like this. Uh, so let's let's uh, stand together. Let's let's worship God together.